Vegas Nation podcasts are sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. What's up, everybody? It's time for another episode of the Takeaways podcast here for Vegas Nation. I'm your host, Heidi Fang, joined with my good friend here, Gilberto Manzano, who is covering things NFL staff writer with SI Now and the Monday morning quarterback. It's actually MMQB. I just said it and I just asked you about it and then here I go messing it up. But that's okay. (laughs) It's the MMMQB and also the co-host of Compass on the Beat, which just reached 1,000 subscribers. You and Fernando do a great job there covering just literally everything combat sports nfl all the things that you guys do so well i'm really happy for your success gilbert thank you for coming on the show thanks for that awesome bio uh, heidi because now i feel like you know i'm really bothered as you know before we we, we start recording i'm bothered by the, the darkness in the background but there That's is a, great. there's a spotlight on me and i feel like with that bio, you put the spotlight on me perfectly so thank you I <laughs> appreciate it. I always still, it's, it's funny, like I, um, I'm not a complete native Spanish speaker and you know that, but like I'm always concentrated so hard on pronouncing your name correctly because I don't want to be the one that messes it up, even though I know how to say Gilberto, but I still, I still sometimes I struggle because I want to do it no, so perfectly. Anyway. No, I, I appreciate it though. You know what, you know what's funny? Cause I, maybe I already told you this, but I, I, I go through the opposite. Like when I introduce myself, I don't want to say Gilberto. I'm always like Gilberto, and then it really throws people off. Like, wait, what did you say? And I'm like, it's uh, Gilbert with a no. Just play it that way. There we <laughs> go. It's a but on the really thing. big things, you used to be with us here, but really now with SI, you were doing huge national articles, and I wanted to bring you on because obviously the Raiders and every other team's schedule came out with the NFL last week, and you wrote an in-depth article breaking down the NFC side of things and your colleague did the AFC side of things, which is fine because the Raiders happen to be facing NFC North and NFC East opponents. And I wanted to bring in discussion here on the Giants, the Lions, all of the teams that they're facing, the Packers, the Bears. Um, When you look at the Lions, particularly, that was part of what interested me in your article, because you're talking about the resurgent Lions, the way that the team looks now, how they're going to be um, coming into the season. You actually have them as a wild card team this year. So with the Lions and the Raiders coming in, kind of looking like teams that have restructured, rebuilt themselves, um, what were your first thoughts in looking at that particular matchup for the Lions and the Raiders? Yeah, well, well, first of all, like I'm excited that, that game's gonna be on prime time. You know, Raiders, Lions, that should be a good one. Uh, you know, f- for the schedule there, and you know, I, I'm in this weird uh, area right now, Heidi, because like at, at work, I'm 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 grading drafts, I'm grading free agency, I'm grading overall offseason moves, and then I'm doing record predictions for down the line. Yeah, and like and like you mentioned, I have the Lions in the wild card, and you know, I you know, multiple things can be true. Like I really like the Lions offseason, but there's there's like this weird thing in the NFL like it's not predict it's not predictable it's always different and these teams have to prove it to you that they can get over that that hurdle and it's big for the Lions to be on on, on the week one game against the Chiefs it's big to be on prime time against the Raiders but for me you got to prove it you got to be that that franchise that says you know what we're not that same you know you know disaster uh, of a franchise with the with the Lions have been for many years and then you you get you get Jameson Williams to be suspended for six games I'm like what are you doing 
And then you kind of reach for a running back in the draft, uh, you know, Jamar Gibbs. Mm -hmm. You reach for an off-ball linebacker, Jack Campbell. And I'm like, are these the same lines? And I can't figure it out. Uh, so I think for me, it, it won't be as bad as last year where they lost five games in a row. But they're going to take a while to get in there. And I think the next step, they're going to take baby steps. So the next step for them is to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to win the division, but they'll make it as a wild card. So, and, and I feel like maybe the Raiders and the Lions are in that same level. Yeah, the Raiders don't get the offseason hype that the Lions have gotten, but they got to show you first and build and create steps. And for the Lions, that's where I, I need to see it first before I, I get in, in that really crowded bandwagon that they, they currently have right now. Yeah, the uh, Chargers actually kind of trolled them in their season re schedule release video that was on Twitter. Did you happen to see that? Yes, I did. Right. <laughs> because anime, you mentioned right? Jameson Williams and what yeah, the, happened with the gambling. Then, uh, uh, if you need help with gambling, uh, here is a hotline. So Yeah, they gave out the hotline number, uh, something to keep an eye on for anyone who seriously may maybe need it um don't want to take away from that but it yeah. is uh funny that they did kind of troll the team there and also uh a lot of others they they went to work uh, it was kind of crazy that video um looking over it when you see a team like the packers now without aaron Rodgers, we know last year they're working with you know rookie wide receivers how much more um the other young studs are going to step up for this team particularly Jordan Love, right? That's the big question mark. What does Jordan Love look like? Because I believe in his first outing, he threw three picks, right? And uh, the first time he was a starter for the team. Yeah. And so when you think about that and and the inaccuracies that he's had, and but the time that he's also had behind Aaron Rodgers to grow, I think that's been one of the good things about the Packers and the way that they have unleashed their quarterbacks into the Wolves' uh, den, if you will. Because what they've done is, over time, look at Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers had time to work under him. Now the same, perhaps, for Jordan Love. What was your take on the Packers and what kind of team they're going to be as the Raiders begin to face them as well in the season? Yeah, Jordan Love came in after the, the the hit that Aaron Rodgers took, and I was very impressed because, you know, he was doing a comeback, he was well composed, he was running the scheme well, and then getting the ball to Christian Watson. I know that wasn't like a, a, the best throw, but the getting the Christian Watson the ball in space for a 63-yard touchdown was big. Uh, he had another one, a laser uh, to Aaron Jones. So i seen the flashes of Jordan Love, and I think they could be a surprise, but they're very young, and, and I, I don't know, maybe it could be a winnable game for the Raiders, but for for me, I feel like there was some kind of negativity in the air with Aaron Rodgers, and you kind of get rid of that. But it's also you can't really grade them so well in the offseason because they lost a future Hall of Famer. So it's a it's a very weird dynamic. So it's kind yeah. of banking on what if and for youth to pay off. And I I like Jordan Love, like I mentioned. I like their draft. Uh, you know Lucas Lucas Vaness on defense to go over Sean Gary and Preston Smith. They actually have a very good defense. It might be the best defense in the NFC. Uh, you got Jair Alexander. So you know, if these young weapons pan out for uh, Jordan Love and he puts it together, the offensive line is a little shaky, but that, that is going to be my surprise team uh, in the NFC for 2023. I love that, that you have a, a big surprise there. Um, what I'm not so surprised by is the record that you gave the Bears, 5 and 12. The Raiders will face them on the road uh, October 15th. Um, Wait, excuse me, October 22nd, the Raiders will face the Bears uh, in uh, Soldier Field. So I, I wanted to take a look really quick here at what they have, because uh, some of the things that you mentioned, like 
you know, Justin Fields really needed to prove, him, prove himself as a franchise-worthy quarterback. Um, that was interesting to me. They did trade uh, for DJ Moore. How that works out, chemistry, all of those things, it's going to be an interesting camp for this team. Um, what do you think happens with these two teams as they face each other? Interestingly enough, your colleague put the Raiders at a 5-12 and record for this coming season. And the Bears, you put as a 5-12 and record as fourth in the NFC North. Raiders, he has as uh, last in the AFC West. So curious here, how do you think these two teams will really match up? Yeah, again, another very interesting team with, with you know, I thought the Chicago Bears had a great offseason. And, and you know, me, me and Matt, my coworker, we, 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 we're different a lot. And I think that's what makes it kind of unique, having different opinions. And, For and sure. Seeing, and seeing what he's doing. And. I think the Raiders are, are further along in their in their project to become a winning team again. And and, and I know last year was very clunky because they got Devontae Adams like, and you wanted to win now, but they weren't the roster wasn't ready. Uh but now I feel like the roster's getting better, but you don't have the hype anymore. See with the Bears, they don't have any expectations to make the playoffs, but that doesn't mean they didn't have a great offseason. I thought the Bears had a fantastic off offseason to potentially be a, a year they're like they're like a year away from being a year away. And, that, yeah. and that, that's a good position to have because, you know, to get a number one wide receiver in DJ Moore, and yeah, there might be mixed results there as a number one for DJ Moore. He's still pretty good. You get two quality linemen and, and Nate Davis from the Titans. You get Darnell Wright, the rookie from Tennessee, to help out Justin Fields. I know on defense, linebacker is not really a luxury, but they got uh, TJ Edwards and, and Tremaine Edmonds. And so there's a lot of parts there to finally fill a competitive roster. Yeah, you might not, you know, be a wildcard team, but – Step four, you, you'll, you'll take steps forwards. And I think last year they had like three victories, I think, or something like yeah. that. So it is still kind of a bump there. But I think for the Bears, ignore the record and focus more like, oh, they got some guys now. Oh, that's a promising player. Oh, he flashed right there. So the year after, maybe it won't be a rise like the Detroit Lions, but the year after, like, hey, you know what? A sneaky, maybe wild card team, but they're still a year away from being a year away. Yeah, I mean, we talked about all of these teams here that are kind of growing. Interesting, another one that I think showed a huge stride last year that may become a force depending on how Daniel Jones and company works out with all of the moving parts and the just what Brian Dayball did was just brilliant with this team, how he really went to their strengths. And I think, and just, it wasn't like he tried to change them. He worked with the strengths that the team had and made that better. And it became just a, a team that I don't think anyone saw coming the giants, obviously November 5th, in Allegiant, what have you made about the Giants' roster moves in the offseason? What kind of opponent they make for the Raiders? Yeah, well, first of all, Heidi, you're catching me at a good time because, uh, you know, I'm, we started the series at SI where we, we're grading the offseason moves of, of, nice. of every team. And I have the NFC. And I think last week uh, the NFC South came out. But uh, I want to say Wednesday the NFC East is coming out, so the Giants are on top of my head. The NFC North is going to come out Thursday. So I, I know these teams very well. And for for the you know for the Giants, first of all, I think I think you got it right with Brian Dable because it is a little cheesy to say like, hey, uh, Brian Dable got 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 the team to believe. It was good coaching and uh, players coach uh, working off the strengths of the players and not trying to make them fit in terms of their coaching staff uh, scheme. But I think once you get players to buy in, that's a that's a big thing. And I know maybe Daniel Jones is not a superstar quarterback, but if you're telling that guy, hey, I appreciate what you did improving my first year. We're going to pay you. And, and I think it goes a long way to saying, hey, if you do something in this franchise under my watch, you're going to get repaid. You're going to get rewarded. And that's what happened with Daniel Jones. You're seeing it with Dexter Lawrence. 
I know Saquon Barkley is trying to get the, the bigger bag, but we'll maybe see. he'll get it. They're trying. We'll to, they're trying. So I don't know what's going on there. But they're building something special, I feel like. And, and, and it's tricky to figure out the Giants because, you know, you and I probably have different opinions of Daniel Jones. He is not an elite quarterback. I don't but have Brian, him on elite, no. So Brian Dable views him some type of way, and it's a very good way because they paid him $160 million in the offseason. But so that kind of throws off throws off the whole roster dynamic. But if you're if you feel like he's a franchise quarterback, it's a very good roster because I really like what they did in the draft. Uh, Deontay Banks, the cornerback out of Maryland, I think was underrated. Uh, they also got the center, John, John Michael Smith. And I think, you know, on, in free agency, they had some good pieces in Paris Campbell, the wide receiver. And as you know, Darren Waller got traded to the Giants to help out Danny Jones. And, and, and Heidi, like, they don't have a number one wide receiver on this roster, but they, they got much better from a year ago because now they have like six or seven dudes. And training camp is going to be very intriguing because, like I mentioned, a Campbell, Darius Slayton, a certain Shepard, uh, Wondell Robinson, uh, Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee, the rookie. So there's like six or seven guys there that they're, they're, they're actually burners. They could be downfield threats. And last last year with Daniel Jones, one thing I noticed, Heidi, was I think Brian Day was trying to feel out Daniel Jones. Like, hey, let me put the training wheels on, on for the scheme and just kind of give you the basics. And if you could cut down the turnovers, we'll, we'll, we'll let her rip next year. And that's what happened because he cut down the turnovers. He was a, a very conservative game man, manager. And now he has the weapons with Darren Waller at the forefront uh, and, and Saquon Barkley being back. So we'll see what they do. But I, I really like the I really like the Giants. But it just it just hinges a lot on what Daniel Jones does in, in year two on their table. Okay, I want to take a break right here. And when I step away, I want to come back and talk a little bit more about the NFC opponents that the Raiders have on the schedule. And I also want to get your take on the Raiders offseason moves and things that uh, could project them into becoming possibly a wildcard team, maybe not five and uh, 12 as your colleagues suggested, but I want to get your take on what and what you think overall looking at that. So let's take a quick break and come right back here on the takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. Welcome back to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. We are brought to you by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download the app today. Joining me, Hilberto Manzano, right here from Sports Illustrated, SI.com, as well as the MMQB, the Monday Morning Quarterback, if you want to think of it that way, to remember it.com. Uh, we're breaking down all things with the Raiders schedule here today. But I also want to talk about some of the moves because obvious moves like Jimmy Garoppolo, how that works for this team, um, bringing in a tight end like Michael mayor to pair with him that they're calling baby gronk you know what first of all did you think about just the overall look like you mentioned earlier that the raiders have made some moves here on their roster to improve to show that this is a team like the giants that can perhaps be a sneak up on your team make a wild card spot what do you think about i'm putting wild card in your mouth by the way you didn't say that but yeah, yeah. <laughs> i wanted to get your take overall on what you think about this team the raiders and uh, comparing it to kind of what your friend, uh, your colleague, I keep saying friend, your colleague said 
about that, uh, being that they would be fourth in the AFC West with a five and 12 record. How do you look at this team? Uh, no pressure though. No pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about five and 12, but I, I think I agree with him that I don't think they're ready to be a playoff team. I'm sorry, uh, a Raider nation here, but you know, I think you're going to see steps, steps forwards here, here. And I think maybe, you know, seven, eight, nine wins, you're going to be competitive. And I think that the thing I really appreciate here is that, you know, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler are doing it their way and figuring out, okay, can we do this thing here? And, and if, if you don't, I always say with, with new coaching staff, if you don't see some results, something promising in year two, something that's growing, uh, like that plant behind me, just getting bigger and bigger, uh, you got to see it in year two. If you don't see it in year two, you start scratching your hand thinking, okay, is this the coaching staff? Is this the front office? And year three gets becomes very pivotal there. But so I, I think you kind of go off of the Bears, what I was mentioning with the Bears earlier. And it's not in terms of wins, wins and losses, but can you see potential? Can you see growth? And especially in the AFC, it, it's so crowded. Maybe people are saying, okay, stop giving us a compliment sandwich and just get on with it. Uh, so I'll say this. The free agency was a little mixed for me. I'm like, okay, you're going with Jimmy G. Uh, you know, Jacoby Myers is, is not like a legit number one, but you have Devontae Adams. It's okay. That could be a good number two there. And Jimmy G, at the end of the day, he wins ball games and he, and he makes things easier for your coach and side because he knows how to operate a scheme there. So that right there just kind of tells you, hey, average team that could be in the mix, maybe eight, nine wins. And then I really like the, I think the draft set it apart in terms of the first two picks. After that, it was kind of a head scratcher because you didn't really focus too much in the secondary. You need more pieces defensively, even on the offensive line. But to get Tyree Wilson, uh, pick number, I think it was a seven or eight. I already yep, forgot. Seven. seven. Uh, he might not be as polished as Will Anderson, but his ceiling is bigger. He, he had seven foot, one wingspan. He could be a monster down the line. And the best part about being a raw prospect, he doesn't have to do it right away because you have Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, and he can learn. And then to get, I think, a Michael Mayer in the second round was big for this team yeah. uh, overall. So uh, I really like the draft. I really like free agency. I wanted to take a look a little bit here at the Raiders schedule for 2023 because overall, um, you know, when you look at it, you mentioned it's not a wild card team probably um you know but as we know anything can happen we've been a part of these runs where you watch a team go in and and it, they surprise you they come up with things and um structure that really makes sense um so what i wanted to break down was just the travel end of it for the raiders starting the season two games away from the broncos to the bills now that's one state on the west coast one state on the east coast then they come back to face the Steelers in primetime on September 24th at 520. And that's their first home game three weeks in. But then they go back on the road. Well, not really the road because we all know what SoFi looks like on a Raider game. Right, Gilbert? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the front there. It's definitely so, uh, silver and black. Yeah. So looking at that first quarter, the first four games there, just um, thoughts of uh, uh, the travel involved of the team bouncing out three games out of four away on the road. I mean, does that you think have any kind of impact on how you look at the schedule? A little bit. And I'll say this, they better win that first game at Denver. And mm. it's, it's, not, it's not a long flight there, but if, and it's a winnable game. We don't know what Sean Payne's going to do. Again, the NFL is so quirky and different that maybe just a different voice, a coaching staff could switch it around for Russell Wilson. I don't know, uh, but you better win that game. And after that, at Buffalo, like you mentioned, it's a long flight there. Might as well be a different country. It's pretty much Canada, right? Uh, and then Pittsburgh is is a rising team. You get them at home and you play Kenny Pickett, but I, the, Mike Tom's going to coach that team. They're always tough there. And then the rivalry with the Chargers there, and LA is not that far. So maybe 
you got to go two and two. I feel like to maybe to definitely be a legit contender. But if you go one and three, uh, it could be very ugly for this team. And then what's interesting too, you think about the bye week. It's not till week thirteen, so Ooh, yeah. that means they have to, like you said, get in there early, stay healthy, make these road trips, and as well as uh, thinking. I, I kind of like the late bye week, considering that it is an eighteen week season. You know. Um, and that kind of gets them an opportunity to get healthy in case, let's say they are at that point, uh, week 13, you know, maybe they're at six and six that they can get healthy all at the same time and go on a, on a run towards the end of the schedule. Um, uh, I think that could be interesting, but you know, the end of the schedule has, uh, again, a couple of tough away games and I'll just jump to the end really quick before we get into the meat of the sandwich, because you have the chiefs at arrowhead on Christmas day. And then you have the Colts on the road. So those are going to be two interesting um, road games back to back there for the Raiders, seven days apart, going through the holidays, of course, always kind of tough on, I think, you know, teams uh, working out away from family and all of that during that time, being on the road and then um, surrounded by Chargers again, but this time at Allegiant on the 14th. And then on January 7th, the Raiders are home against the Broncos. So you have a couple, three division opponents there right at the end of the schedule. And of course on holidays and two away, how tough is that going to be for a team looking at that from that perspective? Yeah. But like you mentioned, Heidi, maybe having that bye week so late could help you out for that stretch run there. If they are mm-hmm. in the mix there, my only concern with the bye week is like, it's so late that you're, you're mentally waiting for it. And you're like, Oh, just, just get to the bye week and it disrupts you. And then you come back and it takes a long time to get to it. And you're in the middle of a stretch run. Like that could mentally help you, but you never know. It could come at the right time, injury, stuff like that. So uh, especially when you have to play the Kansas City Chiefs on Christmas Day. It should be a good one there. Uh, but, you know, winnable games against the Colts and you close that season against the Broncos, I, I, there's something there. And even the even the Vikings I'm not too kind of high on. The Chargers one, you never know. It could be They always play each other very closely. So uh, yeah. if somehow you come out with that, that victory at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, yeah, Arrowhead Stadium. Oh, no, actually, yeah, it's Arrowhead. So yep. if you get get that road game there, like now you're cooking. It could be some. It could be some noise there. Because after that, I think every game is winnable. I know again the Chargers could be a swing there, but overall, uh, you come out that bye week, you're probably feeling really good if you win that Christmas day game. So in the middle of the schedule, like um, it'll be the um, the next four games at the top. I know I'm bouncing around here, but so you're week good. five the Packers, we discussed that. Week six the Patriots. Week seven the Bears, we discussed that. Week eight. Uh, Lions and then week nine Giants. So we've talked about all of those. So let's jump in to the next um, part of the schedule, right? You have the Jets at Allegiant. Then you have the Dolphins on the road, um, Chiefs at Allegiant and Vikings at Allegiant. So there's a good stretch in there of a lot of games bundled up for the Raiders that will be at Allegiant mostly throughout um, October 15th until December 10th. There's there's one, two, three, four, five home games in that stretch. So not yeah. too bad going from middle to October to early December with five home games, right? Yeah, definitely. You get the two New York teams back to back at home. They're, they're coming to you. You're not going to the other side. And I'll tell you this, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell my bosses, my editors, hey, I'm going to do everything I can to get to that game against the Jets uh, on Sunday Night Football at Legion Stadium. Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy G, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That'll, be, that'll be a good game there. So, But that's where it makes the schedule very difficult because you, they do get to play the the very loaded AFC East. You got the Bills, the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Patriots have Bill Belichick. You never know how they're going to be. Uh, but that's going to be a that's gonna be a tough stretch there. You know, Jets, Dolphins, and then the Chiefs right there at home too. 
Uh, so I don't know. Somehow, some way, get you know for sure get one. But you get two out of three, you're doing well. So it's gonna be tough playing. You know, Aaron Rodgers, Jets, and and again, you know, you never know. We all assume the Broncos and Russell Wilson are gonna be good. Are we all assuming the Jets and Aaron Rodgers are gonna be good? I don't know. We'll figure that one out. And then the Dolphins too are kind of this weird team where they're very stacked everywhere, but we don't really like the quarterback. Some people like to Otango Valoa, uh, but I, I I don't know. I gotta see him stay healthy. I gotta see him do it for a full season, mm-hmm. not for flashes. And, and it was a good start last year, but I'm really unsure. And and uh, but I'll say this about the Dolphins: they're, they're gonna be freaking fast on offense because they added that Texas A&M running back. Uh, is it Acne? I I'm not saying the same right. I feel like, but uh, he's doing he, he was doing really well in college and joined Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Uh, so two of stays healthy, it, it could be a nice little shootout there uh, in, in Miami. So overall, that's a tough stretch there, but uh, you know you never know in the NFL. And that's the beauty of it is that you never know. You think you know, but then you get into the season, you don't know. You don't know anything. Like you yeah. know, uh, I, I thought the Titans would be the kings of the AFC South that I didn't think would gonna have a lot of contenders, and here come the Jaguars, right? So it's like you just never know. Um, overall, uh, I wanted to. I, I appreciate your time on the schedule and all. I just want to get quick takes on a couple things that I saw happening uh, in with the Raiders today. Marcus Peters, somebody you have some familiarity with, visited the Raiders today. What kind of asset could he be to this team should the Raiders bring him on? Uh he'll provide an edge. I'll say that. You know, he you know, he's always been a player who who has good ball skills, good instincts. He's very aggressive, but it also kind of hurts him at the, in the back end like you get a couple of flags here. You're tugging when your man's beating you and covered. So, it's been a very rocky roller coaster ride for Marcus Peters and you know, I was I'm actually doing a story on potential five candidates to become defensive rookie of the year. So I was looking at the rookies of the year from the past, and Marcus Spears was one of them. I totally forgot that with the Chiefs there. He's been so, with so many teams, the Chiefs, the Rams, uh, the Ravens, that yep. you know, he, he just can't he can't find a home because it's such an erratic play. But he, he's a he's a he's a player. He he does belong on a on a depth chart. He does yeah. help out. And when you're the Raiders and your secondary is, you know, it needs help, you know, he could be a guy to provide stability. So I think when you focus on other areas on the roster and you neglect one, you try to do like a band-aid work where you get some guys who are veterans that could, could just be reliable. Uh, but after last year or the last 10 years, I feel like, Heidi, with the secondary, uh, nowhere to go but up. Yeah, that is uh, definitely true. I have to agree with you there. <laughs> it's like, you know, they do have some guys with some dog in them. Can't deny that. Um, Amik Robertson is somebody that... Uh, I think, you know, plays with a lot of heart as well as Sam Webb, one of their undrafted free agents that they had, uh, how it all comes together with some of the new prospects that they brought in and how the competition works out for the Raiders could be very interesting, especially if they do bring in Marcus Peters, because I think he would be somebody that a lot of the youngsters would step up to try to compete with for sure uh, and get an edge on. Uh, Lastly, Tom Brady reported as possibly buying into stake with the Raiders franchise. Wow. I think that one hit a lot of maybe Raider fans in the gut um, just because we all know what happened with, I'm not even, we know. Um, so <laughs> we know, but uh, how, what are your thoughts on that one? Tom Brady trying to make a stake here in an NFL owner, as an NFL well, owner. If he's going to be part of the franchise, and does he admit that that, that was a fumble, a fumble on the tuck rule? Like he actually he you know, let to. that one go? I like, come on. Has, I think he has, but now he has to apologize to all the Raiders. Yeah, Nation. get some closure there. You have the seven <laughs> rings, and now you're an owner in the NFL. So uh, you got to admit that part. And then the second part I thought was uh, it kind of feels like MJ when he bought the, uh, you know, it was part of the Wizards. 
Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah I, bought sure. the, I bought the team. Why can't I just play on the team? Whatever. I do what I want. So <laughs> maybe Jimmy G is struggling in October. And the team is doing okay. Tom Brady is, you know what, Mark Davis, I'm going to leave the nice suite. I'm going to go play quarterback. So I don't know. <laughs> you never know. But it opens the door for that store there with the MJ and the Wizards. And, you know, it didn't turn out well, but MJ was, MJ was still balling. Uh, mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe Brady could still do it. But overall, you know, he's a businessman. He, he does he does well in the business side. So maybe you see something there with the Raiders to make some money. There you go. Well, Herberto, I appreciate all of the time that you gave me today. I really enjoyed the breakdowns of the NFC teams that you had at the time to analyze. And I thank you so much for coming on. Give him a follow on Twitter at Gilbert Manzano. And of course, uh, check out my Compass too, because it is Compass OTB on Twitter. You guys have a great show going. I really love the banter between you and Fernando. I watch it as much as I can. So (laughs) thank you very much for putting that out there. It, It satisfies my love for the fight game as well very much so appreciate that oh thank um, you for the time Heidi, as always you bet um gilbert give anybody out there uh, what you have coming up uh if you'd like to you know kind of plug some of your work yeah you're, this is why you're the pro because you you already you know got me thinking ahead because like i mentioned i'm gonna do the nfc report, report cards the east the north and the west come out i already have the south one and the south one got some criticism from a lot of people people are mad Ooh. for some reason people are mad at the Buccaneers are being overlooked you lost tom brady but Tampa Bay, the fans are, are saying it's going to go well. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's hope season, it's optimism season, it's positivity season. And I'm the guy to crush your dreams and report in the report card. So uh, that's what I'm going to be doing this week. Uh, like I mentioned, even the rookie of the years, I'm going to be doing some candidates because after what South Garner did a year ago, the bar is set really high. Uh, and then I think I'm actually going to have a story this week uh, on the most improved teams of the offseason. So I'm doing the full NFL there. So uh, a lot, a lot of NFL coverage, and you know, it keeps me busy. But I get to know uh, the seventh wide receiver on the Giants depth chart, things like that. Awesome! Uh, those are always fun to know. It's always yeah. fun to know. <laughs> <laughs> You'll pull a name out of a hat, and no one else is looking for it. And that's what we love about you. All right, Gilbert. Thank you again so much for the time, and for everybody out there watching. Make sure to follow all of our work at VegasNation.com. Keep up with me on Twitter at Heidi Fang. Thank you, everybody, so much for checking in with us today. Vegas Nation podcasts are sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up.